Hello, Cincinnati Bengals fans. A lot of things have taken place. It is December 31st. We're about 20 minutes away from the college football playoff. Uh, We normally would think that in the great state of Ohio, Ohio State would be marching into the playoffs. It is different. The University of Cincinnati is down there in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl getting ready to take on Alabama. So it's a lot of things to dive into. Hey, it's, it's been a minute. Uh, my apologies. We are going to talk about some, some Bengals stuff. And hey, it's December. The Bengals, I think this has been since 2015, they're playing meaningful, meaningful football. And that's all you can ask for is to have a chance to get into the playoffs. The Bengals have a chance within the last two weeks of the Chiefs and the Browns to clinch the division and go to the playoffs and even have a home game. So everything, as Joe Burrow says, I like to quote, is right in front of them for the taking. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Welcome to the Jungle podcast, season three, episode two. And going back to the Broncos game, I'll just touch on that quickly. I'll use the analogy from White Men Can't Jump the movie. I know it's an old one. Folks say, hey, here Garrett goes with his analogies back from the movies. But sometimes, just like they said in the movie, sometimes you want to win, you want to look good and lose. And I'd rather win ugly, Woody Harrelson. And what I get from that, from that Broncos game is it wasn't pretty offensively. But Joe Burrow didn't turn the ball over. He didn't force things. You played a field position, defensive-type game, and the Bengals came out with a win. And that that's shows maturity on the road. Before I dive into something that is quite personal to, me, personal to me, as we all know, I grew up in the Maryland area. I'm originally from Ohio, but grew up in Maryland. And I've worked in Baltimore City, I know the fan base. I know how arrogant and entitled they are. And for Don Week Martindale to come out with a roster that is depleted, especially defensively, and make some of the comments, bulletin board material that he did last week uh, before the game in the press conference leading up to the Ravens at Bengals, where the Bengals really kind of took a stranglehold onto the uh, division and took the lead. Uh, Let's just recap. Don Wink Martindale, he goes ahead and says that, as we all know, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, Joe Burrow, we're not ready to give him a gold jacket just quite yet. And then as far as Devontae Adams being the number one wide receiver and why he double teamed him. And then he also elaborated on that Jamar Chase isn't the number two receiver in the league right now quite yet. And we won't double team him. And so there's been a lot of back and forth on media outlets, social media between Ravens fans, Bengals fans, and and even former players like Big Big Mouth Bartholomew Scott, Bart Scott, Mr. Can't Wait. If you remember his his famous one-liner with the uh, Jets. So it's, it's, it's a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll dive right in. And then just getting back to that Baltimore game, 
I think that was extra added motivation for Joe Burrow. That's why he hung 525 uh, yards on on the mighty Baltimore Ravens' violent defense, even though they did have some some injuries. But they didn't take any pity. Uh, the Ravens didn't Baltimore Ravens on the Cincinnati Bengals when Lamar was entering the league and the Bengals were going through a transition from Marvin Lewis to the Zach Taylor era where Zach Taylor was cleaning house from the former former Marvin Lewis regime and his players to what Zach Taylor was trying to build in within the confines of Cincinnati and, and bangled them in the jungle. So if anybody can remember correctly, you know, and I give a quick recap, quick soliloquy of this, we all remember how Lamar took advantage of a depleted Bengals defense, and he went ahead and put his Oakley shades on. After he did the spin move on Carlos Dunlap and company back then, and we we all remember that. And Ravens fans, they trolled me, and you know they'd keep the picture up of him putting his shades on, um, and the spin move that that was a gif that was on Facebook. A lot of Ravens fans, one of them uh, would always just continue to repost, repost. So I feel like I, I feel like Joe Burrow after the game. After he torched uh, Baltimore, which would really warm my heart, uh, he said, I basically have no sympathy because they did it to us. Other teams would do it to us when we were down. So it's the NFL, stop somebody. Uh, and and that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's how I see it. Um, recapping the Baltimore Ravens game, Jamar Chase, he, he had a pretty good game. But you have, this is what the Bengals, why they drafted Chase, they have a triple-headed monster at receiver, so you can't just key on just one. And there were some breakdowns that I saw on Twitter where the Ravens even tried to take away all three, where they double-bracketed Chase, they double-bracketed Boyd and Higgins, and still couldn't stop it. You saw that one play right before uh, Higgins got tackled going into the end zone right before where Joe Burrow just threw a 50-50 ball and said, basically, my receiver is taller than yours, than your defensive backs. I'm going to throw the the ball up, high pointed, and T. Higgins, as, as they say, you got mossed, the Ravens secondary. So it's just a lot of weapons, and to me, it all comes down to protection. Moving forward, it all comes down to how the, the Bengals address this offensive line during the offseason. Because I feel like that's what is the only thing that's holding the Bengals back right now from being consistently dominant on offense and being a 30-plus point team week in and week out. Because uh, as you do remember, just looking back, the teams that the, the Bengals struggle with, you go back to the 49ers game, you go back to the Browns game, and why do they struggle? Because they are elite in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. And that's where the improvement has to come. So once again, this is Season 3, Episode 2. This is Part 1 of the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. And then I'll touch on one other ish, one, one other gold nugget that I think should be addressed. And we'll talk about it right quick. So if you're talking about from a front office perspective, what do you think can get you to the next hump? And 
we all know I've went over this before. I feel like Duke Tobin, I feel like if we were just natural, we were in the front office or we had a job and we kept missing on drafting this position or doing this wrong input for for some type of workload, you'd get fired. I don't understand Duke Tobin. I don't understand the allegiance to him by the front office, but I think the upgrade should come from a guy who does the Monday night football games. I love to hear him analyze things. He's a former player, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick would have some some guys put on defense who we can we can start churning out some Hall of Fame and Pro Bowl players. He would get the offensive line correct. And he would take this Bengals team to next level to where you put a, a roster around, an elite roster around, not just skill position, which you currently have, but an elite roster in the trenches to where the Bengals are dominant week in and week out. Somewhere along the lines of when you think about the trenches, the dynasty days of the Nate Newtons, uh, Larry Allens, those guys that were along that Dallas offensive line where you could have Joe Mixon basically have a Hall of Fame career where he's not getting touched until the second or third level where linebackers, they, they really can't get to him because the offensive line, if you understand blocking schemes, you may have a good enough offensive lineman where he can not only block the defensive tackle, push him down the line of scrimmage to another uh, uh offensive tackle and then get to the second level and block the linebacker to where it's just a one-on-one versus safety and I think nine times out of ten we know Bengals fans Joe Mixon's going to win that battle so that's how that's what I think about from a roster perspective I'll be back on part two of episode three and we'll talk a few things as far as the keys to a Bengals win against Kansas City this weekend and also, Mr. Bart Scott and his his comments and him basically putting a bounty out on Joe Burrow. So we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Welcome to the Jungle Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2, Who Day. And we are back, Season 3, Episode 2, Part 2. Folks, let's talk about what the keys are for the Bengals to get this victory and upset the Kansas City Chiefs in the jungle this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. So I think some things that folks don't talk about, Well, I, I, I but we all saw it firsthand. The 49ers and their willingness to keep doing the same thing because our defensive staff were not making the correct Adjustments. It was George Kittle late, George Kittle late, George Kittle going to the tight end. And we know historically the Bengals have struggled covering tight ends. Okay, so I'm I'm offering with Trey Waynes kind of really getting his feet up under him, the hamstring kind of getting into form. Why don't you use a big cornerback, dedicate him to jamming Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. Did not give this guy a free release. And when I say free release, for those that don't understand, that means at the line of scrimmage, 
not touching this tight end and letting him just get right into his route. You need to jam him at the line of scrimmage and reroute him and bracket him with maybe a safety, maybe a Von Bell as well, along with a Trey Waynes, uh, Flowers. You know, you've got to mix up your looks, mix your coverages, but continue to jam and reroute, jam and reroute. You cannot let Travis Kelsey have free releases from the line of scrimmage. Make Patrick Mahomes, which he he has learned to willingly, the first half of the season, he didn't want to do it. He was used to the big plays going deep um, to Tyreek Hill. And he was frustrated when teams were making him take the check down. Make this guy do it again. Take away Tyreek Hill. Take away Travis Kelsey. If you got to double team him, that's what's necessary. Then go ahead and do that. Make Patrick Mahomes earn it. Slow, methodical drive. That way you can try to stall him out, hold him to a field goal here and there. But you can't let him have those explosive plays where he scrambles around, he throws off platform, and it and it hurts you for 45 and 50-yard quick score plays. That's that's not that can't happen. Bengals have to have to limit that at all costs. Make them drive to the length of the field and make it be a, a, a long drive if they do. Make him be patient and check the ball down to a running back. Check the down ball down to a McCole Harmon or a Pringle. So that's that's some of the keys right there. And Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, you've been elite for the most part, but when you're not, that's when the Bengals struggle. But you've got to have a big game, and you've got to be able to get pressure just with your front four. And having DJ Reader back is huge. I can't say Kansas City is a huge running running uh, of the ball team, but you need DJ Reader there to push the pocket and put pressure in Mahomes' face. I don't care how good the quarterback is. If you can create pressure in the middle of the of the offensive line and, and it's pushing back to him, he can't get comfortable and he can't just step up in the pocket comfortably and throw. So that's that's that those are the keys to me to this game defensively. And then the Bengals offense, I know it has big playability. We've seen that last week. But against this team that has pass rushers, Melvin Ingram, uh, Chris Jones, those, those kinds of guys, you want to go ahead and stay in a down and distance where you can have that run-pass RPO, run-pass option where you could hand it off for a two-yard run for a first down, or you can either pass for it. Keep the defense off schedule. This is going to come down to Zach Taylor, head coach, and Brian Callahan. Their play calling, it's going to be essential. And just making sure that you stay ahead of your down and distance and you need to take some shots. This Chiefs defense, even though they've turned things around, they've moved some guys around on the defensive line, they can be had. I know we don't have the greatest of offensive lines, 
But you know, with a, a defense that is bringing the pressure, this is when your screen game has to come into play. Okay, you've got to take use Chase in the screen game. You've got to use Joe Mixon in the screen game. The guys that are slippery and hard to tackle, those kinds of guys, put them in advantageous situations. Jamar Chase, a jet sweep with him. Keep the defense honest. Keep the defense thinking. All right? So those are some keys offensively for the Bengals. And then establish the run. The running game is a quarterback's best friend, Joe Mixon. He, he, you got to create those run lanes offensive line. That way the play action game, it becomes open. Then you can open it up to, to three and four wide receiver sets going empty where Joe likes to go. And it just keeps the defense on their heels with the Chiefs where they can't just pin their ears back in a third and long situation and just tee off. And we do know that the Chiefs have an elite back end as far as their secondary. So you want to be able to, you know, sometimes you may not always be able to beat them deep, but you can with the crossers, intermediate routes, the uh, trips formation with the rubs, you know, pick plays with your wide receivers. That's how you negate a, a good secondary. And that's something that the Patriots do, and they don't have the elite skill positions that we do here in Cincinnati. So those are some keys to think about. And then one more thing, you know, from that previous week against the Ravens, Joe Burrow, FedEx player of the week. We do know John Harbaugh. He was uh, a little bit sensitive. He was a little bit upset after the Bengals going late and throwing to, to, to break the record and to throw to Joe Mixon down there deep where they just went ahead and they downed the ball and ended the ball game afterwards. But they wanted to break the record, which I don't understand why John Harbaugh feels some, some kind of way because they did that to break the Steelers' record of 100 yards games, 100-yard running games with Lamar late earlier this season in, uh, I believe, week four. So that's shenanigans. And then we'll talk about Mr. Bart Scott, Mr. Can't Wait, and some of his comments on the TV show uh, Get Up, uh, the sports morning show, and he's a former Raven, and he supposedly felt some type of way because the Bengals ran the score up on him, and we got red dots in Baltimore, and we got dogs and killers on defense, and the Bengals got nice athletes, and they don't have killers like the Ravens do. And for the rest of Joe Burrow's career, we're going to come and headhunt him. Well, Bart, what happened early on in the season? You got the, the Ravens were lit up 41-17 in the big crab cake, as I call it, the M&T Bank Stadium. So what happened then? And I do believe that the Bengals, just with those comments, Hopefully Duke Tobin, or hopefully we'll have a new general manager or a player personnel scouting as they, they worded in Cincinnati. We'll have another guy who will go ahead and address this offensive line to protect Burrow. So those are just my, 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 my thoughts. And I think that was trashy media. Hopefully ESPN addresses uh, Bart Scott, but that's neither here nor there. The Bengals will be here 
We have a leader, a field general in Joe Burrow. I feel like a transcendent quarterback. And I look for big and great things. And I look for rings here in Cincinnati. And this isn't just a one-season thing, as Bart Scott said. Uh, This will be a perennial powerhouse in Cincinnati as long as Joe Burrow is there. And we keep him healthy and protect him. So with that being said, Bengals fans, we got a lot to be happy for and thankful for. We're in the playoff hunt. We're leading the AFC North division. And let's go ahead and win it. Let's get a playoff game. Let's let's win our first playoff game and, and just take it from there and keep building upon this. And as always, I'm getting ready to sign off. This is Garrett Staples. Thank you for listening to the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. And as always, who day?